shoots, he scores! William Carlson! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Now brought out by the Knights, here they go, left side, Yanmark, put it out in front for Wah, kick save, rebound, score! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Do we have the ability just to go another hour? So we're on from four till six Pacific time on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Like, can we can we just run through the show that comes after us? The odd couple. I mean, like, just blow through. I mean, that hour. I suppose we could. Okay, let's um, do it. There's a lot to talk about today. I know that's what I mean. Like, call Q, call who Doug, whoever we have to talk to. And say we just need to do that the right extra now? hour because it is crazy uh, how much is uh, happening in and around the National Hockey League, including some uh, of the greatest news that uh, that I'm ever going to pass your way. And we're we're watching it right now. But the retirement of Willie O'Ree's number is taking place in Boston at the TD Garden. That number 22 is going to go to the Rafters, uh, the first black player to ever play in the National Hockey League. And uh, that is a significant moment, long time coming, and uh, slightly delayed uh, because of uh, COVID and different scheduling. And I'm so disappointed that uh, that Willie's not going to be uh, in Boston. He's going to participate uh, over uh, the satellite, over the, the Zoom uh, from, from San Diego uh, out of uh, utmost uh, precaution uh, because of COVID. But uh, yeah, that that is... Wherever we go today, that is where it should start and end mm-hmm. uh, with Willie O'Ree and that number 22 uh, going to the rafters uh, of the Boston Roads. We also have last night's game to go over, over the two games to go over, uh, that were played at T-Mobile Arena. It was almost like it was a best of three last night uh, at the Fortress with uh, game one, period one, going to the Vegas Golden Knights, period two, uh, a, a no-brainer to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then uh, period three, it was up for grabs, and uh, the Penguins were able to erase that 3 nothing deficit. Uh, so many layers to that game, and I know I know, Chris Chapman in our ratings in hour number two is going to come up uh, with all kinds of sugar coating and uh, rose-colored glasses, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be the one that's going to keep it real uh, today. During our, our ratings. Yes, Chapman? What, what's we, up? we know that that's not what's going to happen in our hour number two. <laughs> Chapman, if yes. you don't have anything positive to contribute, yes. leave your microphone off. I, I will find something All positive right. to contribute. All right. Yes. And uh, we also have the uh, last man in results mm-hmm. uh, from the uh, yep. All-Star voting and we have uh, four more players that are going to be participating in the all-star game and uh, a bit of a twist in one of them in the metropolitan division uh, because whoever was voted in the person that was voted in can't participate so they went one more down the line uh, some some news there mm-hmm. and uh, I, I won't tell you yet how it affects the uh, the vegas golden knights our one-timer segment uh, brought to you by paul powell uh, more lawyer less fee and uh, then we have our visit uh, with sam and ash in the legal minute and we're going to chat about uh, the other big story from the national hockey league is uh, the report that, that that testing will evolve after the all-star game into just 
testing system, uh, symptomatic people, which is mm-hmm. a big change from where we were a month and a half ago. Uh, Ten days out, uh, if you tested positive and you were on the sidelines and there was no getting around, uh, no possible way, uh, even if you didn't have any symptoms, to now it's five days if you're asymptomatic. And uh, and uh, after the All-Star game, it looks like they're only going to test uh, the people that are having symptoms. And that is something that the National Hockey League players especially have been have been calling for. So there's just a, a bit of setting the table for everybody uh, for, for what's going on today. And that's why that's why we need that extra hour. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's it was a really well done um, table dressing by you, Darren, except for the fact that you are claiming to be the bastion of keeping it real with the game ratings like uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's a mental thing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I am. Uh, just Can't that wait. even line. Just that mm-hmm. even line. Uh, we also have some poutine on the menu today. We do. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Montreal Canadiens are here tomorrow, and the Montreal Canadiens made a huge announcement today as they mm-hmm. uh, named the next general manager, the 18th general manager of uh, Le Canadien. Um, so I've got, I've got some stuff to tell you about when it comes to the Canadiens, just some perspective on what a season it's been for the Habs. Like, they've been around for 365,000 years. Like the, the Montreal Canadiens were alive and playing when the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Sure. And, and this might be their worst season ever. So what you're saying is they're older than the ghosts that mm-hmm. inhabit the forum. Well, yeah. used to inhabit the forum. And that's, now why, they... that's why they have so many ghosts, buddy. <laughs> So you you try and be funny. Oh, no, 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 you try no. You try to be I... funny, and then I just turn around and boom, put it in your face. Wait, well, hold on, down. hold on, hold on, hold on. Are are you telling me that the Montreal Canadiens predate ghosts? Is that yeah. what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so weird. there were no there were no ghosts. Nope. In like nope. prehistoric times. Nope. nope. Really? No. It, you, hey, you believe that? How many times have you watched Jurassic you be- Park? How many times have you watched? You believe Jurassic that there Park? are no ghosts in prehistoric times, nope. but now all of a sudden you believe in ghosts? How? You gotta, you, you gotta pick a side here, Darren. Have you watched Jeff? You, you talk uh, out of Jeff both Golden, sides of your uh, mouth here. On, uh, Too much. On, on Jurassic Park, you ever see a ghost in Jurassic Park? No, but I, not one. Yeah, there, but that wasn't a ghost place. story. It, it, it takes place today. The, the dinosaurs. Do you think they'd be the? the By the way, there? that that last one, that poor girl who got eaten when she was in the lake. What was up with that? I don't know. Like she wasn't That's like this spoiler. horrible, terrible no, person. It didn't make any sense. You know yeah. what? That reminded me of Lake Placid. You ever see uh, Lake Placid? Yeah, it was a terrible movie. Yeah, I've watched yeah. it like thirty times. I've been to Lake Placid. Really? Yeah. That lake. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's where they filmed it, but I've been to Lake Placid. Wow. Yeah. That was a star-studded cast. Jennifer Lopez was it? No, really she was in Anaconda. Good. I think. Yeah. No, yeah. No, no, they're they're uh, both the same, basically. Oliver Stone was in it. Terrible. Oliver, Stone. Uh, Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt. Thank yeah. you. Uh, he was uh, well done on the uh, on the Oliver. How many Olivers can there be? Uh, so we got uh, we got uh, plenty to get to uh, here in uh, in just a little bit. But uh, let's let's start with uh, some conversation about what happened yesterday at T-Mobile Arena, the seventh game of the homestand, and um, just as a as a precursor to our discussion. There was the media availability today. The Golden Knights uh, didn't didn't have an official practice. There was an optional. And there was the media availability, and Pete DeBoer was on, and he talked about different things that went through the game yesterday and and how it turned and and uh, his opinions on on letting a 3 nothing lead slip away. And then there was a couple of questions, and this, is, this has happened actually 
last couple of days. I just, but I clued into it today. There's a couple of questions about the road trip that's coming up, and that's Washington, Carolina, and Florida, and Tampa uh, next week. And it occurred to me, the Golden Knights have been home so long that even with one more game to go on the homestand and a week before they play on the road next Monday, we're starting to ask about the road trip. That's like we've run out of things to talk about with the homestand, mm-hmm. that everybody's going going for the road trip. That's when you know a homestand is too long. And it wasn't supposed to be a six, uh, eight-game homestand. It was supposed to be six because of the postponed games in, in Calgary and Edmonton. But uh, everybody's kind of had their, their fill, uh, and they need to get back to the rhythm uh, of, a, of a National Hockey League schedule. Uh, but that, that road trip uh, is just a, an absolute murderer's row. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, the 3-0 lead against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it might have been the intermission of the year. And I don't think I don't think Mike <laughs> Sullivan did much, but I think just the fact that the intermission occurred saved the Pittsburgh Penguins, and uh, the the score was slightly misleading. I, th- I think uh, uh, Vegas and and Pittsburgh were far more equal uh, in that first period. I, I I love the Chandler Stevenson goal. I'm not sure that 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 goes in eight out of ten times uh, on on Tristan Jari. The Dodonov. Deflection was awesome. Great rebound by Nick Waugh, uh, who made a marvelous play right before that. But they, they basically scored on every good chance they had in, in the first period, and Pittsburgh didn't. And Nick Waugh scores with 30 seconds to go in the first period, and Pittsburgh is reeling. And then they get the intermission and an opportunity to to find their, their footing. And uh, you, you could say maybe it was too easy for Vegas in the first period, and you, you kind of take your foot off the gas. Three nothing lead. It's it's you're home and cooled in the National Hockey League, and and it turns. So I I think the intermission, as much as the timing of that intermission, as much as anything, uh, played a huge role uh, in in the comeback for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, one. Well, I mean, one hundred percent. If not for that intermission, uh, it, it probably could have gotten a little bit further away from the Penguins. And you know, I think you're right. The Golden Knights in the first period were opportunistic for sure. It was a more even period than the score would give you uh, an indication. Uh, I didn't think Tristan Jari was especially sharp in that first period. And then in the second period, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins went out there and just absolutely dialed it up on the Vegas Golden Knights and Tristan Jari didn't have to really be much of a story through the first 12, 13 minutes of that period. So, um, you know, I, I look at that game and it, 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 I think it becomes a bit frustrating because for the Golden Knights, all you had to do was not put yourself into a position where you handed momentum over to the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, turnovers led to penalties. Penalties led to another or penalty led to another penalty led to an extended penalty kill. And all of a sudden you, you concede a power play goal. And, you know, in those situations, you can't feed the Pittsburgh Penguins opportunities to get back into the game, especially given uh, Pittsburgh and and their schedule coming into this game last night and the Golden Knights and being off six days like you had to kind of pay attention to those details and they were gone in the second period early on for Vegas. Well, they, I mean, Vegas didn't hand them momentum. I, I think Pittsburgh had a large they, role in in what happened last night. Vegas didn't help themselves, but saying this was all because of what the Golden Knights did, 
I think would be. I didn't say that it was all because of, of what of the Golden Knights Pittsburgh did. Penguins did. I, I thought Pittsburgh came out and I'm grabbed sorry. it. They didn't, they didn't allow a shot for the first 10 minutes of the second period. Sure, because the Golden Knights spend a lot of time in their own zone, mis- uh, misplaying uh, certain plays, not connecting with passes. Like, yeah, I, listen, I'm not taking anything away from the Pittsburgh Penguins. I didn't say that it was the only. It, that, that the Golden Knights are the only reason that the Penguins were able to get back into the game. But when you take two penalties early on in the second period and you can feel that momentum shift, you needed an opportunity or a moment to kind of wrestle that back. The Golden Knights didn't do it. Instead, they fed the Penguins another power play that they scored on. Yeah, you, it still doesn't mean you have to lose. And it still doesn't even mean you have to give up that much uh, zone time. And that's that's what happened. The uh, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins doubled down. Uh, in in a lot of cases, teams would be last game of the road trip, six games, 11 days away. You're down 3 nothing after one. Book it, Daniel. It's done. And they came out and, and were better than they were in the first. And they were pretty good in the first first period. Uh, and then in the third period, didn't give give Vegas a sniff. It was a really impressive performance. That said, the the mm-hmm. top six on each team, if you if you match them up, it it was it was a, a big win for the Penguins uh, over the the Vegas top six, and that was uh, that was a huge. Uh, cause of of the result because of uh what you talked about momentum or, or zone time or or uh, uh just being able to to change up and, and generate opportunities uh the the vegas top six didn't do nearly as much as as the pittsburgh penguins top six uh centered by malkin and crosby yeah i, I think your your point's well taken on uh the Penguins doubling down and, and not packing it in and conceding that game. And, you know, it was it was weird because I, I could have, like, before the game, you could have talked me into, okay, one team is going to have a 3 nothing lead at the at the end of the first period, but the, the, the other team is going to push in the second and third. And I would have thought, based on where things were coming in from a scheduling perspective, that would have been the Penguins jumping out to a lead and the Golden Knights pushing the pace in the second and the third period. I was pretty surprised by how much jump the Penguins had in the second and third and how little the Golden Knights did. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I expected Vegas to get better and better as the game went on and that didn't happen. Uh, they had a, a struggle in the first period. They scored in their first shot, which is great, uh, but only had one shot at the 10 minute mark of the opening frame and were able to add a couple more, but shots were eight, seven uh, after the first period kind of got the impression that Pittsburgh uh, had a little bit more control than that. And in the second period, as I mentioned, uh, it, w- it was 13, nothing the shots uh, through the first 10 minutes uh, of the second period and it was full control and, and full credit to the Pittsburgh Penguins and th- that could have been over and done and a disaster if not for Robin Leonard last night you you look at the four goals he he allowed and you'd uh, you'd like to say okay give me one more save but I don't have a fault with with any of the four <laughs> but you hope yeah. can he get one one more save that that isn't on on Robin Leonard. In fact, Robin Leonard saved that from being one of those "what happened" type nights uh, in goal. He was he was significantly their best player. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'll be honest. You look at that game last night, it probably should have ended, what, 8-3? to three? Yeah. And, and it could have been, could have been 8-3 to three going into the third period because that's how good the Pittsburgh Penguins were. That's how many quality looks they were getting. I mean, Evgeny Malkin, to start the period, had two really, really good looks. Robin Leonard made some big saves. There was a big save on Sidney Crosby on a breakaway to prevent the game from being tied in the second period to give the Golden Knights an opportunity to get to their intermission, regroup, and come back in the third period focused. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, and, and believe me, after last night's postgame show, it was a semi-unpopular opinion, but I, I thought Robin Leonard was the best Golden Knight on the ice, and I don't think it was particularly close last night at all. The the road, uh, road to through this homestand has been a, a kind of a topsy-turvy, up-and-down uh, journey. we got the dominating wins over Anaheim and the New York Rangers, and then you have losses uh, against Nashville and Chicago, and last night against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then uh, extras with, with Toronto uh, and the Winnipeg Jets. The losses stand out, and they're, they're actually all uh, two of the three uh, against good teams, like Nashville mm-hmm. on a heater when they came in. Pittsburgh is rolling right now and getting healthier. And then the Chicago one. Uh, was was one that that you really expected to win, but if you were going to lose two games uh, in this homestand, it would have been I would have circled Nashville because of where they were and and, and Pittsburgh. Doesn't mean you have to lose those or you want to lose those, but those those are two. The Pittsburgh game, when you put the three regulation losses, and it, despite blowing the three nothing lead, I don't have as much of an issue with like the, the Nashville one bothered me because there wasn't enough jam in the game. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't engaged. Uh, and I chalked that up to not having that, uh, that carrot like they had with Winnipeg uh, right before that, like they had with the Rangers right after. And, and, and then Chicago, the Chicago one, yeah, uh, where they are in the standings and what uh, was to be played for uh, that night against Marc-Andre Fleury, like that, that one is number one for uh, just getting under your fingernails and bothering you. And that little sliver that you can't seem to get out and you can't shake that feeling. That one, then the Nashville game. And last night, that's Sid and that's Malkin and some world-class players, Gensel, doing their thing. And that's going to happen every time. I'm, I'm not accepting it, but it's still down the way. The, the, the other two rankled me uh, more than than last night. Yeah, I'm, I I mean, I'm with you. Like, I, I still don't feel particularly good about the Nashville game. I still don't feel particularly good about the Chicago game. Like, those are two games that I think stand out so far this year as, as significant losses for this Golden Knights team. Um, this one, for me, was interesting because, again, like – it wasn't as good of a first period as the Golden Knights had against the Winnipeg Jets. That first period against Winnipeg, it was domination. They were fantastic. Opportunistic is the way that I would put it for Vegas it's last exactly night against Pittsburgh. But but you still had a 3 nothing lead. You yeah, still had course. an opportunity to kind of clamp that game down. And the fact that twice now on this homestand, the Golden Knights had multi-goal leads going into the second period only to see that evaporate within mm-hmm. the first six or seven minutes of the period, that becomes a problem. And and that's one that, you know, I, 
it's not so much that I I dislike the game as a whole last night. It's the fact that it's happened now twice in the last seven games for the Golden Knights that's concerning for me. Dog days, baby. Dog days. And I don't know when you're going to get out of it. Uh, I have a theory that it will be after All-Star once they get through that sort of mile marker on the schedule. But I don't know when they're going to get out of it. It's, It's almost like you need to get healthy before the dog days end. Is that when Eichel comes back? Is that when Pacioretty gets back? Is that just simply an infusion of Alec Martinez, who we have an update on uh, in a little bit, comes back, Nick Haig? Is is it just that fact that you're still missing four top six top-pairing people uh, in your lineup, one of which has never played for you? So I, I have trouble putting that in, but for this discussion, I will. Because what, what you haven't had, do you really miss? Uh, but I, I will, will accept that. But it's, it's just dog days. And those doldrums. And you try and shake it and you try and be engaged. And you try and do everything right. And it's, there's not consent. You see sparks of it. See little little mm-hmm. glimpses of it, and I bet you on Thursday night we see a whole bunch. Like Montreal had to be watching that game last night, going, "Are you kidding me? We're having this terrible season. We can't catch a break. We're missing everybody, and now we're going to go in and have to play that team mm-hmm. off of that game." So I expect tomorrow or a Thursday night to be uh, just a, a motorboat around there, like way to go. I that's what I. Expect that's what I hope I'll see. Uh, but given the inconsistency right now, I'm not. I'm not concerned at all. Uh, I wouldn't be happy, but I'm not concerned. Uh, I certainly expected uh, them to be in a position with one game to go in this eight-game homestand to be doing more than than getting back to 500. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I looked at this as a big-time opportunity for the Golden Knights to pad their lead at the top of the Pacific Division. And, you know, again, like you, you have good teams coming into the building, but for the Golden Knights, there were a lot of incentives and reasons to want to play some really solid games. You, you mentioned the reunion tour. Um, you mentioned kind of having that, that ability to, to play uh, toe-to-toe with, with some really good clubs in Nashville and Toronto and Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I I look at this as, you know, not something that skews my opinion of what I think the Golden Knights are. I still think that they are the best team in the Pacific Division. I think that when everything is said and done after 82 games, that they will be the top seed in the Pacific Division. But, you know, I, I would have liked more than a 2-3-2 two, two record going into the final game of an eight-game homestand where they had an opportunity to really build a big lead based on what has happened with Anaheim uh, falling off a little bit here to start the year two. Homestand can't be great now. Can't be good. No. But it can be okay. Okay is, is it fine. It can be, 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 be salvaged. Okay, but it can still be bad. If, oh, if yeah, you lose on, sure. lose on Thursday. So there's still yeah. there's that to play for on, on Thursday night, along with the two points. Uh, and there's there there has to be the goal to go out there and play a really good game to give yourself some confidence and springboard you into Washington, Carolina, 
Florida, and Tampa Bay. Some confidence going out on that road uh, after a good game is going to be important. There I go. I'm talking about the road trip before the homestand's even close to being finished. But that's the reality of it, uh, where they are right now. Concerned? No. But uh, I think that everybody would concur that it hasn't been the homestand, especially when you looked at the six-gamer and the four-gamer, the two homestands before this, in which they were a combined eight and two, that there was some, and coming off the six-game winning streak on the road coming into this homestand. There was a a real uh, reason for for optimism, and it just just fell back. Injuries, goaltending injuries have have played a role in this. You've had three different goaltenders start games in the seven games of this this homestand uh, and and continued uh, fluidity with the lineup uh, and uh, different coaches behind the bench last night. And so there's, there's, there's a lot going on in and around this team, but given where they are and what our expectations of them, more was predicted than trying, trying to maintain a 500 record after the eight games. Chapman. I think the most troublesome thing for me has been the inconsistency on, on this little, and, and I'm going to include, I agree with you there. The lightning game. Because you had that home game coming off the four games on the East Coast. You, you, you lose to a really good team in regulation. Nothing to, to hang your head down about. And then you follow it up and you, you go to L.A. and you absolutely blast the Kings. You come home, you blast the Ducks. Then you have that game against the Ducks and you, or, or against the Jets. And you're like, yeah, you know what? This is pretty good after one. Doesn't turn out that way. But you salvage the point. You get to overtime. Predators game, like you said, just not good. I like how you, you described it as jam. Made me think of toast and jam and some tea. But since then, it's like it's it's up and down. Like no, it's you, not you, since then. It, it, but the whole the, yeah. the whole like stretch coming off that game against the Islanders, where where you were able to steal two points. And that, that's probably a bad way to describe it. But you get no, two points. No, I, the Rangers and the Islanders game. Yeah. So so you, you grab two points. You get where two it points. Like and, you might not get anything. Yeah. But then. You get home and you're thinking, okay, I almost wonder if the disruption of the Avalanche and then the Kings game being postponed, if that kind of threw them off. You know, some sometimes you hear guys saying, and I don't know. I think I think the Edmonton Calgary games, even though they needed that rest, probably throws you. Yeah, because you hear knowing that you're going to be home for 25 days. Well, and that's just it. Outside and and the Kings game, it's not like you took a trip pretty far away. You went to LA and you came back. I mean, that's one day. That's one night. And you're away from home. They've been home since December 21st. I know. We're we're looking at almost a month. That's, that's why it's the dog days because there's no rhythm. Yeah. I mean, no, no no rhythm is a good way to describe it. And, And the national hockey league season is about rhythm. I just like to see them, them, and, and you guys mentioned salvage and maybe, and the homestand. Okay. Look to, Thursday night, you're playing a team that ruined your dream of winning the Stanley Cup last year. Yep. I want to see this team go out and absolutely throttle a terrible Montreal Canadiens team. Beat them by four goals. Just slam the door I, on them. I want 10. I'm fine with that, Why too. Stop there, I, I want a chant. <laughs> I, I want the chant of we want 10. It happened the other night in, in Florida. Well, one guy got half of that yesterday. They're, they're, in Florida the other night, they were chanting, we want 10. <laughs> they got nine. Wow, no, we won ten. Yeah, you're right. There was a guy that scored five the other night. Yeah, just just throttle them. Absolutely throttle this team, and then you get ready to go on on a pretty arduous road trip. We got to come up with a name for this road trip. 
The okay. gauntlet. The we need a name for this road trip from our listeners. I just gave it to you. No, it's got to be better <laughs> than gauntlet. Now, it, we, we, oh, you're, so you're saying so you're saying you're saying Pete the Bower is not apt at naming ro- the road trip. That's not his job. He's not the entertainment. He, he we came are up the with entertainment. It. It's, it's literally he, he's entertaining at times. It's we, Washington, Carolina, Florida, Tampa. If that's not a gauntlet, I don't know what is. I want our listeners to give us something meaty. On the name okay. of this road trip, so I suppose you want me to tweet it out. No, I can tweet it out. <laughs> is is this the the toughest you don't, four game you don't stretch Twitter, on the road Come for on. them this season? Oh, it's it's the toughest road trip in the National Hockey League. I mean, it's it's brutal. Listen, Vancouver just went through it, and we're lucky to come out of it with a win. Yeah, uh, Calgary has gone through it. They didn't fare very well. Edmonton's got it coming up. It it's the there's two comparisons. The old trip through Alberta in the 80s when you had to do Calgary and Edmonton and you usually got Winnipeg in there somewhere. Trying to go through that and and leave with your socks. Didn't happen very often. Don't want to do that one in January. No, you don't. And the other one was in the 2000s and, and the 10s going through California. When the Sharks were great, the Ducks were winning a cup, and, and L.A. was winning their cups. Trying to go through there and and come out of it with anything, your wallet or uh, ball cap, whatever. And you had the distraction of going out, out west, but you also uh, were facing good teams. Those are the two comparisons. And this this right now is right up there. You don't, you, you've got the, the cups in Tampa, uh, and you've got a cup in Washington, and you've got Florida that's on a heater. And Carolina, one of the best teams. It's it's right there with the battle uh, with the Alberta trip and with the, with the California trip. Yeah, it's a gauntlet, Darren. Something better than gauntlet. I want yeah, something. Complain to Pete about that. Can, I, I will. I'll send him a send him a note uh, and say we're trying to top your gauntlet, and uh, and see what see what he says. Uh, see if he fires back, uh, fires back a note. So, so tweet us. Uh, what's what's the best name for this road trip through Carolina, Washington, Florida, and Tampa Bay? Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we continue, we'll get into some of the other news in and around the National Hockey League uh, outside of the Vegas Golden Knights. And there is a long list. Uh, our ratings in hour number two, uh, one timers uh, coming up at the back end of hour number two, and still to come, our legal minute with Sam and Ash talking about the change in the testing protocols with the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. There's an optional practice for the Vegas Golden Knights today. Just hanging around, watching. Alec Martinez was out on the ice in the red non-contact jersey. So there's an update there. He is out of COVID protocol. Great news for Alec Martinez. And Pete DeBoer said he's he's basically lost 10 days of conditioning uh, from his time in, in, in protocol. So that's a setback. Uh, we'll see when he can actually get into the lineup. But uh, red non-contact uh, jersey for Alec Martinez. And as I was watching practice, Jack Eichel was, was out there doing his thing. And uh, he was working with uh, Misha Donskov one of the assistant coaches. They were doing full drills with the seven or eight skaters that were on the ice. 
And then they started doing some one-on-one drills with with Jack, uh, just Jack against the goaltender. My goodness, mm-hmm. that shot. And and I'm watching with Gauche and Shane Nadia and Gary Lawless, uh, Ashley Weiss, we're all watching there. And Shane Shane's played against these type of players, and he's watched these type of players. And when Shane goes, woof, that, that's his little thing. Woof. You go, mm-hmm. That's that's good. He just that release, and we keep talking about the release, but it's so fast. And uh, just wanted to pass it along to people. If you can't get out to practice and and watch what we're seeing with Jack Eichel, and then Ghost made the comment, it's exactly what we experienced today watching practice is exactly what Kellen McCrimmon said was going to happen when he was on the uh, on the intermission uh, with me on the television side. We're gonna watch. And he's going to look really good, and we're all going to say, "Can we, can we get him in the lineup? Like, when's he going to play?" Mm-hmm. And everybody's just going to have to take a step back. What you saw today, you go, "That's a dominant guy tomorrow night in the National Hockey League," and it's it's all about everything healing and 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 coming together and ensure that the scans show uh, that the disc is uh, is in around the bone. But uh, with, without being the MRI or the CT scan or whatever tool they use to to decide whether the the disc is healed properly. I watched that today and went, he could play. Yeah, he could play now. <laughs> no no contact yet. No contact at all. But yeah. it, 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 it was absolutely awesome uh to watch him and just what he can do. And uh he he loves going short side. He loves going high and he can dangle uh with those hands. So uh, an update from practice uh on the Jack Eichel front and uh with with uh, Alec Martinez. Now we slide back 24 hours and go to the VGK Insider play of the day. Now Crosby in, down the middle, backhander and a save. Leonard stops Crosby. He's got the whistle. Crosby had some jump last night. For, for that game yeah, being as good. deep in the road trip, and we talked about the, like 17 seasons in the National Hockey League, uh, Crosby didn't get as much out of it until the empty net goal, but he had uh, he had some jump. He took a slap. Sh- he doesn't take many slap shots, but he took a slap shot mm-hmm. from the middle of the, the circles and it just move into the boards, and it was heavy. <laughs> and then last uh, that uh, that opportunity went on with Leonard and, uh, and a huge save uh, from Robin Leonard, our play of the day from Dan Duba. Yeah, I you know it was funny. Sidney Crosby last night was uh, was noticeable for just having an empty net goal because there was so much more he was doing with the puck away from the puck. There was a shift in the first period where he just took William Carlson for an absolute ride in the defensive zone. Just those quick, tight turns, powerful stride, taking the puck to the front of the net. I thought Crosby was really good. I, I thought the Golden Knights, um, you know. Did, did their best, but I mean, the, you look at Robin Leonard and you look at that second period and, you know, for me, the fact that Vegas had a chance to regroup and go to the third period with a lead was thanks only to Robin Leonard and his play in the second period. And if that Crosby opportunity is not saved there in the second period, I think that that game just blows wide open. And it's it's a no doubter for the Penguins before we even get to the third. Had an opportunity to walk out of the building with Jason Zucker uh, last night, and, and when I say walk out of the building, uh, Gary and I walked out of the building, and Jason and his family were about 
30 feet in front of us. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I consider that walking out of the building uh, together. Sure. And uh, a lot sure. of smiles on there. I thought it was interesting that there was a couple of 87 sweaters in the group uh, with, with Jason, not just uh, <laughs> Jason uh, sweaters uh, on the ice. Uh, but uh, he, he returned, and that was a big game for him, uh, being, being the Las Vegas guy. Uh, I still... I think that the the first goal that he scored, uh, I disagreed with Robin on, on whether that uh, was a goal that should have been blown down or disallowed. Uh, the puck was loose. It was chaos, and and I don't think it was easy for him, and he probably felt disrupted. But and it was just pandemonium around the net. But I thought it was a legal goal. The the second goal, the Zucker scored. I don't think he had any intention of tipping that puck. I, I think it just hit him. I don't no. know whether he yeah. even saw the shot uh, come. But it was just one of those weird bounces and tipped and down. And Leonard reads the release so well. When he doesn't really react to that, to, to where that puck went in, you're like, what happened there? That was the first indication that that thing was tipped. Because he doesn't mm-hmm. get beat like that uh, cleanly. And looked at the video. And, yeah, sure enough, uh, Zucker knocked that thing down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an impossible. It's In, in, in many respects, like, that's just a, a – tough break right for Robin mm-hmm. Leonard and he kind of went through it over uh, over on the post game show in, in in his post game comments like it was a it was a shot that it was was going to to mid glove and yeah. it just changed directions and like there's only so much as a goaltender with a shot of that velocity that you can do uh, when it changes directions and I, I again like you know you want a save you want one more but you look at all the goals that were scored I, like it's hard to really find fault with what Robin Leonard was able to do last night for the Golden Knights and the goals that got by him. Um, you know, you, you probably just wanted a little bit tougher defense play and bearing down a little bit more in front of your own net. And when Pete DeBoer last night says that he thought the Golden Knights were a bit soft around their own net, that's really where the majority of the scoring was for the for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'll tell you how weird the Zucker deflection goal is. If you're a guesser as a goaltender, you, you might make that save. Because you're just <laughs> defaulting to the butterfly, and and the yeah. puck might hit your pad. But he really reads the release so well. Uh, Craig Anderson, right up there, with being able to read the release and know where that puck's going to go. Uh, he was almost the victim of his uh, own super skills of, of of watching that puck, and then the deflection comes out of nowhere. No way, nobody had any clue that uh, Zucker was going to tip that or try to tip it. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, the legal minute with Sam and Ash, the updated protocols in the National Hockey League regarding COVID testing. A big change has been agreed to. We'll tell you all about it as we roll on in hour number one of the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It's time for the Legal Minute with Sam and Ash on the VGK Insider Show. Sam and Ash, SamandAshLaw.com. They're our friends. They're our lawyers. Uh, they are the people that take care of us when we get into a bind, and they are joining us now in the Legal Minute on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. Uh, how are you guys? Great. How are you guys? Doing great. Uh, Sam, What's what's been happening on your side? Oh my gosh! I can't believe I woke up to some rain here in town. And, uh, I, I didn't even think I was in Vegas for a brief moment. <laughs> my daughter said to me, "Did it rain last night?" Yeah, I thought it was a desert. I'm like, "Well, it can happen every now and then." Huh? Weird. <laughs> now I can say that she has something in common with uh, with a big time lawyer like uh, like Sam. Uh, Sam and Ash. So we we wanted to bring uh, and have the conversation regarding uh, what's going on in the National Hockey League right now and the change in in testing protocols, and I don't know whether it's a philosophy too, uh, but the National Hockey League and the NHLPA have agreed to only test asymptomatic uh, or systematic uh, systematic, uh, players uh, and personnel uh, after the All-Star game. Is 
like how do you get to that stage where you're doing such a what seems to be is a significant shift i like the shift but it's a significant shift well i think it's it's probably an acknowledgement that this um this this virus we're starting to understand more of what it what it is and how it behaves and and how it how it affects people remember 73% uh of the league so far has tested positive just this season alone to me and that's 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 a lot right so assuming that those right assuming that none of those are false positives um and on top of that you look at everyone being in, i think everyone's vaccinated except for one player that's a lot of immunity that's built up so I think they're acknowledging that at this point, testing people who have no symptoms, meaning doing a regular testing protocol, is is unnecessary, and that we're moving into a, a new phase of, of of how we're dealing with this virus, which um, I, th- I think backs away from some of the you know concern and worry that we've had up to this point. Salmon Ash, SalmonAshLaw.com. It's Legal Minute on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. As far as kind of that philosophy goes, this is agreed upon by the NHL and the NHL's player association. And, you know, I think that, you know, being the, the ability to be progressive in this situation and follow science and try to find ways to um, keep players safe, but while also having kind of competitive balance and having more players in the roster like that, that's kind of what you're what you're dealing with here. How do you how do you feel like the, the NHL is, is kind of towed that line and, and balanced what uh, what they need to do to have the product as good as it can be on the ice while also trying to keep everybody safe? I mean, I think they're doing a great job. I, I would say they're doing better than any of the other leagues with how they're handling it. I mean, if if after 90 days, there's if they're waiting 90 days to test someone after a positive test and they have 73% of the league that's already had it and survived and recovered, this is just one of those things that I think they're making the right choice. And, yes, player safety is very important. Coach and staff safety is important. Um, But that's why these things are negotiated. They're agreed upon, and everyone's looking at the risks. And and I also think we're we're kind of ignoring the stands, you know, the fans. They're not showing out because so many of their players aren't there, and they're sitting on the bench. And so as, as organizations evaluate their success this season, one of the things they have to also balance is making sure they're putting on a great show and the best show they can. And sometimes with positive tests, whether they're false positives or asymptomatic positives, that's getting in the way. So I like it. I think it's the right balance to strike. Now, the contrarian will say, what if a player or coach ends up getting COVID due to a, a lack of testing? Uh, do they have options? Uh, or is it just part of the CBA or the, the, the different uh, agreements? Okay, so I think maybe you're asking too if they've got any kind of recourse right. uh, against the against the league for this change in policy. First things first, you have to prove that they got COVID because of a lack of testing, uh, and that's you know these cases are now starting to move through the system, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if wide wide majority of them fail simply because you can't prove where you got COVID. It's very very difficult. Right. You know anybody that tells you I got COVID here. I think that only works if you were in close contact with with a certain set of people and no one else for you know a, a, for multiple days at a time. These players all move around. Uh, these team personnel all move around. They travel. They're in airplanes. They're on buses. They're in hotels, grocery stores, right? right. <laughs> and not yes. to mention where they go for their for their normal life. So you know, I got it here from that player because they didn't test him. 
that's a, that's a, as a lawyer, I look at that and I, I I'm already seeing an enormous legal obstacle to overcome uh, to prove that case. Fascinating, uh, Ryan. So it, it, in that regard, like, why do you think it's taken as long as it has, kind of, for the NHL to to get to this point, to get here, uh, where you know it's kind of been introduced in a couple of other leagues? Well, I think it's somewhat. Look, COVID is one of the most sensitive subjects in our country, if not worldwide, right now, and how people are handling it and what protocols everyone's utilizing. It's one of the most hotly debated things, and so I think when they're taking their time, they're actually seeing data, they're seeing how everything is playing out and they're making a a slow but calculated decision. And I like it rather than rushing into it without any sort of data or knowledge. That's one thing, but here they're, they're seeing how it's working. And I think it's, I think it's the right move. And it's also done in the context of, of a shift. I think a perception shift over COVID. Mm -hmm. I think today there are more people that view COVID as something we can live with um, than there than there were even just four months ago, uh, and I'm I'm recognizing that among some of my more COVID worried friends, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know we all have them, and and that's that's fine. And I'm I'm rec- I'm seeing that people are starting to develop a bit of a shoulder shrug over COVID, and and accepting it as something that's maybe not going to go away, but we need to adapt and and, co- and learn to coexist with it. You know, Ash's, and so to that end, this is a, this policy is a reflection of that. Ash's comments about uh, asymptomatic players and being out of the lineup and fans not being able to see them and uh, wondering, well, if they're not feeling sick, they're not sick, uh, why can't I see them? I, th- I think that plays a, a, a bigger role. I hadn't thought of it uh, that way, but, uh, boy, does that jump out to me. Uh, you guys are big well, supporters of the Henderson Silver Knights uh, and love that uh, relationship uh, that is, that is uh, happening there. Uh, do you think the American Hockey League uh, just – rubber stamps this and adopts uh, this type of protocol? I would imagine, considering how many American Hockey League players are under NHL contracts, Mm. it would just absolutely make sense that they would utilize similar protocols. Sam, sorry, I think I cut you off there. Uh, Were you going to jump in? No, no, because Ashley, I think, is 100% right. (laughs) I I think there's so much crossover uh, between players that, that, um, you know, they, they can't come up with, It'd be a challenge for them to come up with more restrictive rules. Imagine that they discover. Imagine how frustrating it would be for the for a player, an AHL player who wants to play uh, and potentially have a contract to play a game, an NHL game, be be eliminated because of COVID protocols that are that are being discovered and wow. found on the on the AHL side. So it would create all sorts of problems. Boy, that, I hadn't thought of that either. You guys are just, like, blowing my mind right now. Uh, should also mention uh, that there will be testing for all team personnel when uh, teams go to Canada to play. And that is just uh, the fact, uh, I'm, I'm sure, Ash, of just going across the international border and the, the different guidelines that are in place, Canada, United States. Yeah, I mean, that when you go into another country, we're watching the Novak saga play out. You've got to follow by their rules. And one other thing about these testing things is, look, tests are hard to get right now. And so for the NHL to be utilizing all these tests just on asymptomatic players, I think that's going to get some bad PR at some point, too. So there's always a fine line of what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing to do. And I think the NHL is doing the right thing. Sam and Ash came to play today. 
Didn't you? <laughs> Did we ever? This was, uh, I mean, you guys are always awesome, but uh, this, like, I, I legitimate things that, that I hadn't thought of or, or I've now been educated on. Uh, 702-857, and it's uh, 6566 is uh, the number. Uh, what uh, what other, uh, salmonashlaw.com, where else can we find you guys? In the Arts District, we're here on the corner of Casino Center in Charleston. Honestly, the, outside one, in a tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're just ready to chat. Can Can I just? I know it's COVID, and we probably should, probably shouldn't do this. But you guys have like one of the coolest offices uh, in the coolest locations in the city. And if you're if you happen to be down there, uh, stop in, wave to them. Uh, they're probably busy, but uh, but it's such a great setup and so funky in the Arts District. It just goes with everything that you guys uh, that you guys offer. Uh, have a great uh, week. And thanks for doing this because it's been really helpful on my end trying to get my head around where this whole thing is going through the All-Star Game and beyond. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And come stop by, too. Yeah. Come visit us again. Sometime, I have to do that again. Soon. I've only been by there once, and it was uh, it was awesome. Got to see Rocky. Got to hang out and have some lunch and uh, and see some of the Arts District. I'm still a considered myself a newbie. Uh, I got to hang out there and, uh, and go down. So uh, I'm going to take you up on that. Please do. We'll see you soon. Now, there's Salmon Ash, SalmonAshLaw.com. They are our lawyer. And that that kind of insight right there. I passed an accident today. I'm not going to lie. I passed a cruncher. Uh, this pickup truck got T-boned by a big moving van. And I almost stopped to say, hey, you should call Salmon Ash, SalmonAshLaw.com. If I wasn't sort of behind schedule and knew that Chapman was going to be freaking out uh, about me getting here into the studio, I, I would have stopped. Because, no, 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 uh, no, no. They, I... Take your time. I don't freak out. You're, you could stop. So please. <laughs> but I was I was going to do it because uh, that's how much I, I think of uh, Salmon Ash and SalmonAshLaw.com. Uh, coming up, hour number two features our ratings and one-timers because we have, well, it's going to be one-timers times 10 because there's so much stuff going on. They might be screaming, we want 10 on this show. Uh, and it's not about goals. It's to the number of stories that we're going to squeeze in because it's really crazy. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.